Are you filled with fear, doubt, worry about the future of our country? Do you feel the urgency to act before it's too late? If yes, then this podcast is for you. It's time for us all to confront the critical issues threatening our nation's fabric, our democracy itself, irregardless of her political stance. If you're ready to face reality, handle the tough questions and find real solutions, then here's your host, Debbie Lynn Molyneux. Welcome to the Terrified Nation podcast. I'm your host, Debbie Lynn Molyneux. Does our nation need to be saved? And if so, can we save it? That's what we're exploring in this podcast series. And for me, the answer is a resounding, yes, we can, and we must. Now, this show is where we explore alternatives to being afraid, alternatives to being angry. And it's also where we commit to being the citizens our nation needs. Now, in the first five episodes of Terrified Nation, I offer a background framework that I highly recommend you listen to. It provides a good foundation for now what? And as we interview guests who have gone from being afraid, angry, or feeling hopeless, they have become advocates for our nation to live into the promise of our founders, each one dedicating themselves to a better future. Now, for those of you who've listened to us for a while, you know that I like to start each show with a question that we're going to explore further today. And today's question is, where do you look for a hopeful future? And with that, I'd like to introduce today's guest, Manu Meal, and he is the podcast host of The Hopeful Majority. So here we're doing a little play of The Hopeful Majority meets The Terrified Nation, and we're going to have fun with this. Manu happens to also be the CEO of Bridge USA. This is a college and high school organization dedicated to transcending the typical political divisions by hosting events with multiple perspectives on topics and issues that students care about and care deeply. And in addition to that, Manu was listed with Forbes 30 Under 30 for education in 2022. Manu, welcome to Terrified Nation. Debbie Lynn, thanks so much for having me. And I'm glad the, the hopeful majority is clashing with the terrified nation. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a fun interview. Yeah. Now, you you came on without really knowing a lot about what we're going to talk about today. And part of what we do here is we're using this as research to imagine a future that we actually want for our nation and for ourselves, then it doesn't suck. And this is not about like our likely or probable futures or even what we think is possible. It's really, I want to ask you a few questions about what you prefer for your future. So we're going to do some time travel and it's going to be within your current lifespan. Now we recommend between two and 20 years, but you're a youngster, like maybe you want to go 40. What sounds right for you? So first of all, I appreciate you, you having me on and, and now that you've exposed to the audience that I have no idea what it is that we're going to be talking about, I am now officially terrified and, and part of the terrified nation. Uh, but I will I will actually say that, um, interestingly enough, I, I was trying to look for a practice to ground myself. And one of those mentors told me to write my obituary, actually, interestingly enough. And I, and I did this about three weeks ago. And I literally just pulled it out while you were reading the questions. I was looking through the questions quickly. And so in a way, I have actually prepped for this because the idea was that I was a little lost uh, at the start of this year, and I was curious where I would be. 
And I'll give the audience two pieces of context going into this. One is, as you said, I'm, I'm young. I'm tw- I just turned 25. And I am still learning and honestly have no idea what it is that I aspire for in the long term. I do have a vision and a purpose and a direction, but not a tangible goal. And the second thing I will say is that assuming that this podcast is reaching folks that are more politically inclined, I was somebody that had no interest in politics. I was a pre-med student. So like I came to UC Berkeley having no idea that I would be leading an organization called Bridge USA. I thought I was going to like be operating on the neuroscience of like rural brains as opposed to the country. So given all of that, as I think about, you know, the next 10, 15, 20, 40 years, rather than telling you exactly where I see myself, I'll tell you what my sort of North star is. And the North star for me, and I, and I wrote this is that I genuinely want to do the work that I can do to help others find their goodness and to bring out the inherent goodness in other people. And what I mean by this is that whether you're looking at the political conflicts in our country, you're looking at family conflicts, whether you're looking at a fight between you and I, you're looking at fights between friends. The one theme that I see within all conflict is that oftentimes the conflict is grounded in very little truth and much more a miscommunication and a misunderstanding. And I would honestly describe this country's moment, not as the great divide, but the great misunderstanding. And it sounds incredibly naive. And yet my hope is that over the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years, I can help the country see that it is actually not as divided as it thinks it is. And not only that, but that if it can actually put its head in the right place and it can find the right people, you can do a lot to move this country forward. So that was a very long response, but I wanted to give the audience a little bit of context to help them know what they're walking into as well. <laughs> well, Manu, I really want to nail you down because you you answered the question without answering the question. How far in the future are we going to go? Yeah, let's say, let's do, let's, so I'm 25 right now. Let's do 30 years. 30 years. Okay. Solid, solid 55. Woohoo. All right. So here we go. Uh-huh. Uh, this is a little visualization visualization exercise so if you want to close your eyes okay and take just a few deep breaths to get in the mood here as we step into this time machine that's going to whisk us away 30 years into the future and we're going to end up in 2054 2054 is our destination now when we get to the future manu what i want you to do is stay your current 25 year old self and observe your 55 year old self so don't worry about the future tense thing, but just like you're going to observe your future self, who you have become in 30 years. And so we're pulling into the 2054 station and uh, ding, here we are. We're going to get out of the time machine now. And the very first question that I have here is like, where are we? Where are you in 2054? So we just got out of the train station. And we have just walked into Washington, D.C. And specifically, we're right now standing in front of the Lincoln Monument, looking out onto the Washington Monument and looking on beyond to Capitol Hill. And what we're observing is the state of the country in 2054. That's where we are right now on this train. All right. We have stood there a couple of times, or I have stood there a couple of times uh, in the not too distant past, and it's always I know. inspiring to be there. So, as as you're observing your 55 year old self, you know what will you be most proud of? 
So I will say that it's very hard to answer these questions without feeling presumptuous. And so I'm going to put a big caveat. Yeah, but this is your preferred future. This doesn't, you're not presumptuous at all. This is just, what do you prefer? Yeah. I think I'll, I'll have been proud. I think I'll have been proud of, of providing the country and providing my, uh, friends, my closest family members, um, really helping society concretely understand how it carries the next chapter of the American experiment forward. And, and where this comes for to me is that I think every generation has a responsibility and everybody within that generation has their own unique responsibilities, their own unique contributions to society. And if I try to align my natural talents with what I'm passionate about, what I care deeply about, which is trying to make this society and this country um, work, function, be as amazing as it possibly can be. What it will meant have to over the next 50 years is that I put my mind towards building a world in which my generation took a real step forward in advancing the experiment and doing our small part in, in what is a really great story. So, so what I'm hearing there is that your preference is to advance for your future, when you're 55, you're going to be really proud of having advanced the experiment in a healthy, thriving way for everyone. In a, in a healthy, thriving way, and not just that, but in a sense of recognizing that, you know, by 2045, the United States is going to be a majority minority democracy. You know, it's a milestone that 330 million people, all of whom that are different than each other, trying to live together, heavily armed, <laughs> kind of pull it off. I mean... Uh, with the rising tensions, the terrified feelings that people have. I mean, what we're trying to endeavor on this century, the responsibility that our people have is a very solemn one. And also it's a very unique opportunity. It's never happened before. I think America is the most unique social experiment in the history of societies. And I want to play a little small piece and just making sure that we're setting it up for that experiment to continue. Yeah. Yeah. You and me both. And you've got longer to work on it than I do. But you've been working on it longer than I have. No, that's so we true. both we both have we both have <laughs> our unique contributions. Well, this next question, uh, I want to like drill down a little bit and and as you look at your 55-year-old self, how will you spend your day? Is this the same day that we just got off the train station? It, an average day. An average day. Gosh, this is really aspirational because I like don't even have a family right now as we talk. Um, so, so. But what do you prefer? What in in your preferred future that you get to make up anything you want right here? Yep. So I think I I wake up in the morning at around six a.m. I get a nice workout in. I get ready for the day. I've built this habit by fifty-five that I'm hopefully waking up early in the morning and doing some regular exercise routine and aspirations that all of us have. Now it is 7.30. So you can see my type A OCD self really outlining this day, right? Now it's 7.30. And I hope by that point that I will have um, a family, uh, somebody that loves me deeply and cares for me, somebody that I hopefully can reciprocate myself to, some children hopefully that are at that age, 55, probably running off to school. And then spending the next four to five hours uh, thinking, reading, and outlining how I'm going to continue to contribute to that vision. 
And then by the end of the day, day wraps up, just investing in those closest to me. I would love to end a day when I'm 55 with a close friend that I haven't seen for 10, 15 years and just catching up with them and saying, how have things gone for you? So that, that would, that's how I would spend a day. Well, if I'm still on the planet in 30 years, let's do it. We'll make a deal. You absolutely will be. You absolutely will be. <laughs> and, and, and we will absolutely catch up. And the cat will be there hopefully too. Yeah. So that, that'll, be a, that'll be a, or the dog. Exactly. <laughs> Those will be super dogs and super cats if they're around 50 years, but we'll give it a shot. Yeah. Yeah. I keep looking <laughs> over to the side because my dog's got something in her mouth and I don't know what it is. <laughs> I hope it's not poisonous. <laughs> just be all right. It'll just be all right. <laughs> what do you observe your 55 year old self feeling yeah. most of the time? Like what's your underlying mood as, as you're doing all of this? I think my underlying mood is a similar theme to what it is now, which is an anxiety about not living up to my potential. It's not so much about the country. I think I'd be presumptuous in saying that, like, you know, like my mood's going to be, it dictates where the country goes and all that stuff. It's going to be much more personal. I think I'm somebody that constantly wrestles with knowing where I can be versus falling short of that and being okay with that, you know, not, not meeting the ideal. And I think at that point, at 55, I'm going to be thinking a lot about whether or not I've made the most of those 30 to 40 years and whether or not I'm setting myself up for continued fulfillment over the next 10 to 15 years. How you feel most of the time. You said that it's similar to today, but there's also some connection to how the country's doing and that anxiety is about like, have you done enough? Yeah. Yeah. Anxiety about whether or not I've done enough and also anxiety about whether or not I've lived up to my, my fullest potential. And this is something where I'll just be open and vulnerable. You know, anybody that's like crazy enough to end college by trying to build an organization, you know, innately has a belief in themselves. Uh, there's a degree of self-confidence. I think people like me have to, we have a problem less of low self-confidence and much more about modulating that confidence to make sure that we are grounded and humble and honest and showing up in a, in a truthful way. But because you have such a high belief in yourself, you also are hoping that you're doing everything you can to be where you think you can be. And I don't mean be from a very like, you know, concrete, tangible, like transactional standpoint. Like, you know, I honestly on some days, Debbie Lynn, wish that I was one of those kids that woke up wanting to like be president. You know, it would make my life so much easier because it would align my day-to-day -day expectations with what it is that I deeply aspire for. But when I say what it is that I can be, I mean, have I used my voice to the maximum ability? Have I... Uh, put in the hours that I think, you know, the country needs? Have I made my sacrifice? You know, just like the generations before us and the many generations that'll come after us were a small blip. And I just want to make sure that I made the most of that small blip. Very inspiring, Manu. I see why you have the, are hosting the hopeful majority while I'm still working with the terrified nation. <laughs> you need both. You need both. It's a yin and yang. I know, I know. We need it all. And, we need it all. And you know the key to the key to the key to loving hope is when you've tasted hopelessness. It's it's just like it's just like, you know, you can't be happy if you've never been depressed. Yeah, that is so true. And I, I think that's a wisdom coming from from your mouth to my ears. Moving moving on though to our next question here. What do you observe in your fifty five year old self as your three, maybe five like top values? And you can use qualities as an alternate word there. Sure. I will qualify these with the fact that I'm observing these, but these are not necessarily the values that I, or, or, or the qualities that I would pick for myself. And there's a difference there. 
the first quality that comes to mind or first value is responsibility. Um, almost in every direction I look, the one word that defines my existence is responsibility. And sometimes you want it and sometimes you don't. And I know many of us can relate, you know, whether it's dealing with our families, whether it's uh, dealing with work, whether it's um, driving, you know, a certain friendship forward, responsibility. That's the first quality or value that I see. The second value that I see uh, my 55 year old self is evolution. And, and by evolution, what I mean is uh, a commitment to improvement, um, a commitment to, you know, making sure that I don't think that my ossified state right now is perfect, that, that I've made changes. I hope I'm a different person at 55. You know, that would be really unfortunate if I'm not. Um, I hope I can cook by then. Um, you know, so a whole host of just evolution based desires. Um, the third value is one of empathy. I think that if you could tomorrow wave your wand and make humans slightly more empathetic and be able to understand other people's shoes, I think you would solve like 90% of conflicts because I think that most conflicts in the world today are not so much at a genuine disagreement, but a result of self-created narratives, um, self-created fantasies, self-created understandings of what the other person might want. Uh, so empathy and the fourth value, I don't know five, but the fourth one that I can immediately think of right now is one of humble leadership, um, a leadership where I feel like I've laid the pathway for people after me to come and continue their progress and their work. You know, uh, a mentor, somebody that we knew well, Rob Stein. And Rob used to say that the hardest thing actually about leadership is laying the foundation for what comes next after you're done leading. Uh, and it's something that I, I'm really trying to grapple with and learn. And I think it's incredibly hard because oftentimes people are great while they're there, but they don't lay the foundation. They don't mentor, they don't support. And, and just like you did that for me and others did that for me in this space early on, even now throughout my journey, uh, I hope to do the same. So those are my four, four things. Beautiful. Those are great. So we're thinking about here your your future self, and I'm uncertain if you if we're just arriving in DC when we started, or if you actually live in DC. I think that would be nice to know at this moment. Arriving, arriving. God, okay. I hope I'm not living there. Where do you live in thirty years? Cool. Um, you were probably trying to avoid this question, and again, it's just <laughs> per this is just preferred. It's not like. <laughs> so I'll, I'll, right now, um, my decision of where I would live is highly dependent on where I think I could raise the best family. And um, the two areas of the country, I love the greater uh, sort of the Northern Virginia area, Arlington, Alexandria, kind of where you are, um, and then the greater Boston area. So let's pick Arlington. No, Alexandria. I'm living Alexandria. in Alexandria, Virginia. Okay. Sorry. That, that was long-winded, but I was trying to rationalize it in my head. <laughs> Well, it makes it easy to get to the Lincoln Memorial from yes. Alexandria because that's not too far. <laughs> we took the so, blue line. So here we are in 2054 and you are living in Alexandria. You've got your friends and family nearby. You're raising your family. Your kids have just gone off to college. You're spending your, your time by getting up in the morning and exercising and taking care of yourself and then having a little bit of family time before you uh, launch into your work day where you're writing and contributing uh, back to society as a whole. Most of the time you're feeling 
um, a little bit anxious and trying to make sure you're living up to both your potential and that, that you've done your bit for the country. And, and your priority values are really about, you know, humility and responsibility and uh, evolving, evolving yourself. And there's a fourth one now that I've missed, but we'll, we'll get to that. So I want you to think about the community then in Alexandria and what does Alexandria need to include or provide in order to support this life that you want, that you prefer for yourself? What does the city need to provide? Yep. Or include. It may not be provided by the city, but the community provides it. Yep. I think in 50 years, and this is not just specific to Alexandria, but I think generally, I think what we will need to provide is connection and friendship in our communities. Um, it sounds very basic, but our cities are going to have to provide community. Okay. Uh, and what I mean by that is that I think one of the biggest forces that our country and society is wrestling with is constant disconnection. The Surgeon General came out with a report saying loneliness is the national epidemic in the United States, not heart disease, not diabetes. Um, and as our technology continues to advance, and as we all, you know, wear our Apple Vision Pro seventh generation and and uh, all are living in our virtual reality world is going to be increasingly more difficult, I think, to contribute to humanity and to also feel love for each other as humans. And the fact is that while our technology is evolving, our biology is not. And we as people are still social creatures at our core. And so that's what I hope the city provides, not just to me, but I hope the world provides to each other. And I think where that comes from is a commitment from us as individuals to commit to each other as humans. Uh, because if that doesn't happen, then what's the point of a democracy? What's the point of a country? Um, what's the point of anything, you know? So. Yeah. Anything else there that you can think of that your community that needs to be, you know, available or included in your community? A giant bridge, just as a, just as a monument to, to, to the nowhere movement, to, or to. <laughs> it, it literally does not, a bridge going up. You know, a okay. vertical bridge to nowhere. And the vision behind the bridge is that it is a testament to, uh, you know, the work that all of us have done. So I'm, I'm just seeing some enormous bridge art sculpture. A massive, enormous bridge art yeah. sculpture. As you can tell, the first part of my response was serious. And the second part is also serious, but in a different way. Yeah, it's a little more playful there. So, So this is like our last question here. And that is... Can you share with folks who are listening what you have done today and are continuing to do in the near future that will help co-create that community that you just outlined where people actually care about each other and reach out to each other and, and support one another with empathy? Empathy was the one I forgot of your values. What I'm doing right now, I wouldn't actually change a thing. Um, and, and actually that's a very, uh, that, that's a very, I, I, this, this podcast, I know we're on a podcast, but it almost feels like a therapy session in some ways. And, uh, and one thing that I would articulate is that like the therapeutic part of this is that actually just today morning, I was, I, I live in San Francisco right now actively. And I walked out into the bay and there's a pier that leads out and the sun was rising. It was, it was actually, uh, 7, 10 AM. Um, so I had just done my workout and I was going out and I was looking at the sun. And one of the things that I've been struggling with this year is whether or not I'm doing everything I can. Again, the anxiety of living up to my inner potential, my 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 hope. And um, I was trying to answer the question: Am I doing everything right? And 
now that you try to paint and I try to paint this forward picture for your audience, it helps me actually realize that the work that I'm doing right now, uh, regardless of where it goes, is is at least the work that I think I should be doing to lay the future. And um, that's a lucky thing. Not everybody gets to do that. And so um, I came into the conversation a little anxious. I was part of the anxious nation because that was how I woke up today. And uh, your podcast in some ways, even though it's called the terrified nations, made me more hopeful. Well, that that's a, actually a great place. Now, if people wanted to get involved with Bridge USA, how do they do that? Yeah, if you know a student, you are a student, you got a kid, you name it, college, high school, we're building these college and high school chapters across the country with the idea and hope that the people that will be my, you know, are my age right now and will be, you know, 50, 60, 20, 50, 20, 60, um, have the capacity and skill sets to have conversations with each other. And so these are great opportunities for the people you know to get involved. Um, if you're somebody that is just interested in listening to more of my annoying voice and also to exploring um, the dynamics of the country and political nature of how we can actually find hope at this moment, we, as you said, Debbie Lindby, I have a podcast called The Hope Majority. And the vision behind that podcast is that I don't actually think the masses of Americans are polarized. I think there's a vocal minority of people across the ideological spectrum that want to push their narratives. Um, they want to sell outrage. And so our job in the podcast is to elevate this hopeful majority. So be a part of the hopeful majority, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, you can look it up and it'll be there. Yeah. Thanks, Manu. And uh, I just, I just also want to note that um, we end every interview here with an invitation. You mentioned neuroscience earlier that you almost uh, became a doctor, but what neuroscience research is showing us right now is that if we can incorporate five minutes a day, every day, thinking about our preferred future and feeling the feelings that we identified in this interview and include a sense of awe and wonder, then the research shows us that we begin to subconsciously make choices to bring that future about. And all it takes is five minutes a day. And so that's what you're doing. You're doing it. And I hope everybody who's listening to the Terrified Nation and the Hopeful Majority take this five minute a day challenge to choose the future we want and to make choices to get us there. So if you would like to participate in this national research project, visit AmericanFuture.us and follow the prompts. And Manu, thank you so much for everything that you're doing and for being a, a guest on the Terrified Nation podcast. Thank you for having me. And uh, thank you for go helping me practice the five minutes a day of, of thinking about the future. And and I hope that the, the, the folks listening to this continue listening. In closing today's show, I'd like to also thank you, the listeners, for giving a damn about our nation. We may be a terrified nation today, but we can do better. We can save the USA. Join me next time. So that's it for today's episode of Terrified Nation. Head on over to iTunes or wherever you listen and subscribe to the show. One lucky listener every single week who posts a review on iTunes will win a chance in a grand prize drawing to win a $15,000 private VIP day with Debbie Lynn Molyneux herself. Be sure to head on over to TerrifiedNationPodcast.com and pick up a free copy of Debbie Lynn's gift and join us on the next episode.